Welcome to our brand new show It's not that complicated so listen close We'll go through IMDB Reviewing all of an actor's movies Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank, blank spank Blank spank I am here today to call you out for being a liar. Oh no. Alright? Yeah, prepare to get yourself checked before I get yourself wrecked, Jamie. Oh I think our dear listeners have heard one thing about the Polar Express for all these years from you, Jamie. I think I think the phrase probably pops to mind very clearly because you say about five different times when we did our two different separate episodes about it. Do you remember what that phrase was, Jamie? Uh, I don't, but I would like to make it clear. I think we did three episodes on the Polar Express. Not two. <laughs> we, we did three episodes. I watched that film three fucking times. Um, but no, I don't. Is, is it something about it being too too long? No. Okay. But that too. But no, no, Jamie. Can you can you remember any other complaints you had about the Polar Express? Uh, that it's really ugly. Um, that the 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 animation sucks. Uh, that it's in the Uncanny well, uh, Valley. Yeah, along those lines. Along those lines. Even worse than that, Jamie. Yeah. You went repeatedly, repeatedly. You told me and our dear listeners at least twice, maybe three times. Who knows? Time is a flat oh, circle. That it Jamie, looks like a PS2 game. <laughs> Yes, you said in fact that it looks worse than a PS2 game. Yes. So, ladies and gentlemen, we have had to go back into the recesses of the dark archives of the internet. I have had to go buy a video game for $80 off Amazon for a PS2 game to play the Polar Express, the PS2 game. Wait, did you actually buy it? Please don't. Yeah, for $80. You act out. Yeah. No, I seriously need to know. I need to know if this is a bit. Did you actually spend eighty dollars on it? Of course, Jamie. I assume you did too, right? Al, Al, please, please. I need to know if this is a bit. I need to know. Please tell me you didn't spend eighty dollars on the Polar Express. Would it, would it make you feel better if I said I didn't spend eighty dollars? Yes, yeah, so it would make me feel again. so much better. And it's Christmas time. Please, your gift to me. Take that anxiety (laughs) away from me. Sure. Okay. I didn't spend $80 on the PS2 version of the Polar Express. That's good to know. Thank God. And with that, we can go into the podcast with hello and welcome to Blank Spank. Season whatever it is, the the Hank Spank one, where we're chronologically reviewing Tom Hanks' time on MDB, sort of. Uh, but this time it's the Christmas special, so Al's already read it. We're doing the Patrick Express video game, but whatever. I'm Jamie Luxon with me as always. My guys, Al, say hello, Hello, Al. Feliz Navidad. Yes. Uh, it is hot. Look <laughs> that's not the words Merry Anyway uh, We say Merry Christmas in this We can finally say Merry Christmas again <laughs> Elon's yeah. bought Twitter <laughs> And we can finally oh, okay. say Merry Christmas again I, See I, I thought you were talking about that uh, The period of our childhood Where we were only allowed to say Joy and Noel Because of uh, the European Union Yes uh, So now uh, both that Elon has freed Christmas Banned the journalists And the EU has been booted out from Christmas We can finally Finally celebrate Christmas the way God wanted to. By replaying the Polar Express video game from 2004. Because yes, that's what we're doing. As people, as we may have alluded to in the opening there, but as people who have a long time listened to the show know, uh, for three years in a row, we reviewed the Polar Express uh, movie because it was the only Christmas movie that either Tom Hanks or Anne Hathaway was in. 
And last year, I wanted to fucking shoot myself in the face. Having watched that film three years in a row, it was horrible. It was a horrible, horrible experience. And every single time I got to it, despite being only a 90-minute movie, I'd be shocked at how long it is and the torturous experience. So instead, I came up with the bright idea of playing the video game instead. Some video games, those things that are famously shorter than movies. Um, I don't quite know why we put ourselves through this, but... That no, is our Christmas no. episode this year. Uh, yeah, when I definitely turned this on, uh, I, I realised our mistakes uh, incredibly intensely. Uh, and we will definitely get to that as part of this episode. Also, uh, you mentioned that this is the only uh, Tom Hanks around Hathaway Christmas movie. Uh, I'm going to put a pin at that for the end. We're going to re-come back to the end as I get to my next year's Christmas pitch. Uh, okay. I think there okay. is, in fact, we, another I... Christmas movie starring Tom Hanks around Hathaway. Okay, this is very exciting because, dear listeners, it's genuinely a surprise. I have no clue what Al's talking about. But we've got loads of exciting things coming up. I don't know why I'm pitching you this episode. You've already downloaded it. I don't give a shit. Yeah. But we're going to talk about the Polar Express video game. But that's not the only thing we're going to do. Coming up after that, Ooh. we're going to do a Tom Hanks draft. We're going to draft what? Tom Hank- a roster of five Tom Hanks films aiming to make the most complete Tom Hanks roster of films. We're then going to look ahead to the next year of our podcast and the careers of Tom Hanks and Anne Hathaway. And we're going to make some predictions. We're going to predict which of these films that are coming out next year from Tom Hanks and Anne Hathaway we think we're going to like the most and which one we think is going to get the highest score on Rotten Tomatoes, which is, of course, the only objective way of measuring movies. Um, (laughs) It's either that or Metacritic. And unfortunately, the thing we're reviewing today got about 40 on Metacritic. So let's dive straight into that because we've got such a jam-packed show, Alexander. Yes, the video game, The Polar Express. It was developed by THQ, who were a classic making of, you know, movie tie-in games back in the day. Um, Any of these old uh, sort of cash-in games that you will have seen from the early 2000s when video games were really cheap to make, so every single movie turned into a video game. Uh, THQ was at the forefront of that. Uh, But... It follows vaguely the same plot of the um, uh, the film, although there is an elevated role for the uh, the stooge, stooge, not stooge, Scrooge uh, character. Uh, now, Al, of course, you say character, the the puppet, uh, and the also, puppet. Jamie, I just want to, I want to, I want to go back to something earlier you said yep. when you referred to this as a uh, cash grab. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you referred to this, this I, I, it could not be further from the truth, Jamie. This is certainly not a cash grab. This is a soulful, artful video game uh, which teaches me the importance of uh, throwing food at Scrooge puppets. Yep. Uh, that teaches me the importance of playing football inside of trains. Yeah. Uh, something I think the uh, British Rail could maybe you know have a little think about <laughs> as a way to uh, justify their increasing prices. Uh, and of course, uh, skiing with hobos. Gotta love that sweet, sweet skiing with hobos. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super, super important. And of course, the the love, care and dedication that this uh, uh, video game got meant, you know, we had the returning cast. We had Daryl Sabara, the kid from Spy Kids, who is also married to Megan Trainer now, weirdly, uh, who played Hero Boy in the original film. He's back for this. The kid who plays, uh, I believe the official character name is just like Nerd Boy or something like that. Um yeah. I can't remember. I, one second. I'm going to look this up because, A, I should have it in front of me anyway. But, B, uh, I just find it funny that his actual character name uh, is just absolutely ridiculous. Uh, Know-It-All. Uh, Eddie Deason playing Know-It-All. He's returned. And Nona Gay as Hero Girl. She's returned. And, of course, Al. Yeah. 
what is the Polar Express without our boy Hanks? And Hanks is indeed in this move in this video game. You can hear Hanks all over the place. Ow, what it, what, what why am I tricking our audience? What, is, it, what, it, is it is it maybe not Tom Hanks? It's not Tom Hanks. It's the very famous Jim Hanks, who in fact oh, yeah. would do all of Tom like the thing he is most well known for is mostly doing the video game versions of Tom Hanks movies. So he plays like Woody in all the video games. Uh he obviously plays all the different Tom Hanks characters in this. Um uh, he like appears in different like Toy Story shorts where they just couldn't be bothered to get um uh, Tom Hanks oh. in for it. And that's a weird career, right? That's oh, deeply yeah, yeah. strange for Jim. Like, I, I'm looking through his IMDb. He, like, appears sometimes in, in, like, a couple other things. But it seems the grand majority... Like, he played Woody in the Disney Infinity yeah. video game. Whatever the fuck that is. He also played it in Disney Infinity 2.0 and 3.0. Um, and, like, rarely appears... Otherwise, he was in Kingdom Hearts 3, also as Woody. Yeah. Like, he's making a good career of it. I, Fair play to him. And I'll I, tell you what, he does kind of sound like Tom Hanks. No, no I, I agree. I don't know why you're judging, Jamie, all right? This is, Chet Hanks is famous for being this for, of course, uh, 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 the, the Colin Hanks. Okay, it happens, all right? This is the way <laughs> brothers go. One brother goes up, the other brother comes up with them, okay? You, you sound alike enough that it's going to be fine. Look, you, uh, there's also a lie, Jamie. Uh, Tom Hanks is in this, specifically in the clips from the Polar Express. Yes, so uh, this, this so, video game does include uh, actual clips from the film and then its own cutscenes as well. But yeah. I'll tell you why, can Al, I, this is the, I can tell you why this video game is my favourite video game I have played this year. Because this is the only video game that allows you to skip the Polar Express movie. Every single time a Polar Express movie clip comes on, oh boy, tap an X as fast as I can, skip through it. And, oh, yeah. and no other video games give you the opportunity, the, the pure joy I get at not having to watch the Polar Express movie. Oh, it's it's a delight. Um, should we get can into I this? Can tell you some yeah. other games? No, but just before we start. Uh, for some historical context, I think we used to do for Tom Hanks, and then we went through all of history and therefore had no need to give any more context. Yeah. But uh, specifically for some historical context of the game, uh, at the time you could buy your kid this game, there were some other games that came out in 2004. Yeah. Which maybe you could have or should have bought them instead. Maybe others are less appropriate. But you could have, for instance, rather than buying your young, impressionable, you know, four-year-old son uh, the Polo Express game on PS2, you could have also bought them Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. Uh, which also came out in 2004. Maybe a great choice for a burgeoning uh, four-year-old. Uh, you That's can also how, buy them actually, just thinking about two. that, that came out in 2004? I was 11. Yeah. I definitely played that video game a lot. I, I shouldn't have played that video game at 11 <laughs> years old. And what's even worse is I'd played the two games before in that series, which means I was even younger. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, I mean, you could also play some Halo 2, and, and another classic. Or, of course, uh, up there, Jamie, I'm sure you were raiding with the bad boys in World of Warcraft. Uh, were, you, were you raiding? I was I was not, uh, but fucking hell, big year for video games. 
You know, World yeah. of Warcraft, Rome Total War. Halo 2, Rome Total I played a shitload of Rome Total War, and the Polar Express video game. Man, what, yeah. what a year. What Metal a year. Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. All of which you could have played instead of the Polar Express the video game. I mean, we but could yes. we could have also played all of those instead of the Polar Express video game right yeah. now, Al. In fact, I have. stopped playing God of War Ragnarok to have to play this fucking video oh, game. Oh, now, Jamie, uh, I'm going to throw out a pitch for how we talk about this next Okay. Time. Okay, we, we can everyone can tell we're coming off this from the cuff, uh, so uh, apologies for that. Rather than necessarily just go through the beat-by-beat beat plots of it, uh, I, I say we just shout out our favourite bits. Am I maybe suggesting this because I didn't complete the video game? Maybe, maybe. But, you know, does, do people need a third recounting of all the best bits of it? I love the bits of the skiing. That was in the movie, right? The skiing section? Great. <laughs> um, I'm going to disagree with you. I think we should go through it for a beat, but we'll do it quickly because that's really fuck all. Um, the very beginning, you are going through the uh, train. Uh, Al, you are looking very wide-eyed, like something has gone wrong, other than just me suggesting to go through it beat by beat. Um, you're going through the train. You're going to, uh, as we say, Scrooge is trying to ruin Christmas. He now becomes like the villain of this. Voiced, I think, quite well by Jim Hanks. Um, and poor Daryl Sabara that was roped in as a child to voice all of these lines over and over. Um, but you're going to be, as you referenced earlier, you're going to be kicking footballs at some uh, some puppets. You're going to be throwing food at some puppets. Al, I can say that this video game does have a life system and I lost oh, wow. all my lives during this section and had to go back to the beginning and boy I was so close to not bothering to play any more of this video game um, but it's a very basic sort of if you've ever played any of the old Harry Potter games from the same era very similar art style all of them are just a series of mini games really yes but and I will say this uh, the Harry Potter games were much funner oh wait um, yeah the wait, Harry wait. Potter games I remember in my head, up until the Goblet of Fire one, actually being really enjoyable games, super fun all the way around. I think maybe the Order of Phoenix game was quite good on wow. the DS. Wow, I didn't know you were transphobic in your childhood. <laughs> what a wild thing to learn. Um, but yes, no, they were generally um, much, much better compared to other of the sort of cash-in games uh you also play like tennis you have to sneak past the chef all of this to get the tickets back for the kids we remember that from the movie they've all need their tickets in the actual movie i think only one of them has lost their ticket uh but once you have conquered um uh and got all those tickets back you then are on top of the train um, you're trying to catch up with um, the conductor who's taken away Hero Girl uh, because she doesn't have a ticket. And Al, uh, you you got up to this bit, I believe. Um, yeah, yeah. Did you... So Ooh. along the bottom, as you're catching up... I actually quite like this. It was sort of like a, oh. um, one of those iOS games where you have to move left and right to dodge the objects and get the coins and yeah. whatever and duck under things and jump over things. Um, mm. Temple run, that sort of thing. Um, along the bottom, you have a little like um, uh, a like progress bar that shows how far yeah. behind you are. Yep. Uh, and I I was struggling with this. Sure. I was I was hitting against shit quite a lot, and I got yeah. about halfway, and I was really far behind the conductor. So I was mm. like, "Fuck, may as well restart." Because like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I'm never gonna catch him. And then the same thing happened again, and I was like, "Shit, I need to really stop hitting things." And so I restarted again, and then I played it again, and I only hit like three things, and I was still miles behind. And I was yeah. like, yeah. "Fuck it, I'm gonna play it out." And once you get about 
two thirds of the way, it cuts to a cutscene about, oh, you're too far behind, but you've reached the hobo. And I was furious, (laughs) Alexander. You have no indication that you aren't actually supposed to catch this guy. And I kept on hitting things, so I kept on assuming I was fucking up. So I replayed this section, which is fun the first time, really sucks the next two times, three goddamn times. But anyway, you then get to the skiing section. So annoying. Uh, The skiing section... Um, you can actually fail, uh, as I learned, because I did fail that one, didn't catch the train in time. But this is fun. You're just downhill skiing on the back of the hobo. Um, I did take so long that eventually the music cut out. Uh, so it was just the sound of... And then occasionally Dal Sabara going, we gotta catch that train! Um, but yeah, it was decent fun. Uh, we then get to the bit, which I think is where you had to stop, Alexander. Is this where you, uh... Yeah, so basically, uh, I was not able to, like, even vaguely input one thing correctly, uh, and this is therefore where it forced me a hard stop, and I was like, you know what, I, I, I have dedicated enough of my life to, to this section of the game, uh, where you have to do a dance with the, uh, With the, uh, with the train the, conductor, the not conductor, guys, the yeah. train engineers. I gotta say, Al, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this part <laughs> i thought it's great fun they they start it's like all in it's a rhythm game basically um mm. and uh these guys like they got a little dance and they go like up down left dig left right throw dig and it's it's genuinely really good fun it, and it's really amplified for me by the fact that it makes no fucking sense what you're doing at all to make the engine of this train work. You're all just yeah. kind of dancing along in the train compartment. You're not so actually right. putting anything in the fucking engine. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed this bit. Uh, I'm sorry that this was where you had to uh, tap out. Uh, you are then uh, back in the um, train carriages. You, uh, Al, do you remember playing, was it probably the Pokemon uh, Red and Blue or perhaps Pokemon Gold and Silver? where just before Victory Road, you get like an ice skate, um, like an icy cave, and you have to navigate your way through the cave by solving the puzzle because every time you step on the ice, you'll skate until you have to stop. Yeah, I think that might be Golden Silver. We basically had that again, but you're directing the hero girl because you have ice boots and she doesn't. So you have to move all the boxes around and go, hey, come over here. And she fucking skates, slides forward, slams her face into a box, and then you make her do it again. Um, So that was, uh, again, good fun. You then battle a giant Scrooge puppet uh, by throwing snowballs at him great fun you you missed out on a lot here al um you know delightful you then have another it's... another rhythm uh, game based on the uh, hot chocolate song um oh my god uh which oh which god. at least this one kind of made sense what you were doing you were like dipping out to try and catch each bit of the hot chocolate flying through the air um uh, but unfortunately they don't have the license for the actual hot chocolate song so it was significantly what? worse um what? Yeah, the only good bit of the movie. I know, Jamie, you're you're, you're causing me to have flashbacks in this description <laughs> of a movie. To the actual I movie, resent. I resent this film so much. Uh, it's oh my uh, God. It, you, you know, this be- is better because it doesn't have the original voice actors. Right? Uh, Look, it's better for that. Um, have to listen to Tom like, slum it. <laughs> Uh, you then um, we remember the famous bit in when they reach uh, North North Pole Town, but then they are still on the. Um, uh, are still on the train 
uh, taking it down to, I don't know, where the elves are or whatever. So you're basically on a tram link going down. You've got to lean left and right to avoid objects mm. and speed up to avoid objects. It's fine, that section. The next section is the section I want to talk about uh, because you didn't reach this. But uh, you're going through the tubes, like the tubes that oh, the great, gifts go great. through where the Love elves it. are, right? Love it. Um, and uh, you have to sort of swing around in these tubes to match the color of the um symbol being shown on your little tube system you know there's a there's a yellow one there's an orange one and there's a blue one uh, and al if you're colorblind and can't tell the difference between yellow and orange this part of the fucking game is absolutely fucking horrible because sometimes you have to miss them because you might be going past it a, a little symbol and it's yellow and you need to hit an orange one so if he hit yellow one you lose yep. and so i just had to fucking trial and error my way through this entire section of the game it took me like half an hour i was so so angry but oh i goodness. powered through al which is why i refuse to go by your uh just talking about our favorite parts because i spent half an hour on a fucking game where i couldn't tell the fucking difference in the colors um so that part of the game sucked uh you are then uh on the conveyor belts uh it's a conv- t- it's technically a puzzle i love i love how you're going through literally every second i'm, I'm hitting it's every level just that you're like going for the greatest hits on nope, the way i'm hitting every level out. don't worry out specifically it's a walkthrough this is a walkthrough of how <laughs> yep. you go through the game well, good. Which I appreciate. Well, luckily but... for you, Al, there's only three more levels. Uh, there's a conveyor belt level um, where you have to switch the conveyor belts to go the right direction to take you in the right direction. But actually, all you have to do is stand completely still until you reach a lever, pull the lever, then get back on the conveyor belt, stand completely still until you reach a lever. This is the easiest fucking puzzle game I've ever played in my life. Uh, you then get um, a platforming section. Al, you've played Mario, right? Yeah, you know, Super, it's, Super bas- it's yeah. basically Super Mario in this section. It's great. You're jumping about. You're trying to climb to the top of the present pile. You reach the top of the present pile, and then, of course, you must pilot the uh, Zeppelin uh, on its way into um, uh, Polar, Polar North Pole Town, I think they call it. The North, um, Pole. The North Pole, yeah. Well, no, because it's North Pole City. They're already at the North Pole. But you have to pilot it to the center of North Pole City. I'm fairly sure they call it North Pole City. I'm fairly sure they called it North Pole City. Okay. I don't think they have to add more lore to the Polar Express (laughs) thematic. Like, no. No, Jamie. Two levels left. Two levels left. I can do it. No, this this is the last level. This is the last level. You're on the Zeppelin. You're floating through North Pole City. Uh, You have to avoid obstacles to not crash the plane. I crashed the plane three times. I played through this level three times. And then you reach the end. Um... You do. Do you get a final clip of the? I don't think you even get a final clip of the film. I think you just get um, celebrations. You, you have do reached. You not meet Santa. You do not meet Santa. You do not meet Santa in the video game. Uh, <laughs> You very they do they do not show you Santa in the video game. It's absolute horseshit. And you know, Al has uh, stepped away. But dear listeners, you remember how like the original movie, like it's a whole moral lesson all about you know the hero boy learning to ha- like accept the help of his friends and and or none of that is in the fucking video game. In fact, hero boy is a hero 
right from the beginning straight the way through to the end he's saving yeah. everyone's lives like yeah, yeah. all the moral message is gone the message just becomes you are a superhero you will do everything never rely on your friends for anything. You are, okay uh, superhero is kind of a uh, overly strong term when uh, a lot of what he does is throw pies at people Jamie. uh right, he he pilots a zeppelin he is a child and manages Jamie, to fly Jamie, a zeppelin the guy the guy who piloted the hindenburg was piloting a zeppelin doesn't make him a superhero yeah, does he it? was a grown adult al <laughs> and he didn't save christmas um, in fact, quite, fam- quite famously, Al, he ruined a lot of Christmases. <laughs> exactly. This is this. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie, yeah. what's your favorite part of this game? Uh, what was my what? favorite part of this game? Genuinely, the first rhythm game because it's fun just vibing with the two engineers going left, right, dig, shovel. Even though it makes no sense at all, I was really getting in with the with the with the vibes. I was bopping along with them. Left, right, right, dig. Shovel! Shovel! Fantastic, fantastic. What was your uh, favourite part my, of the first half of this game? Uh, my favourite part of the first part of this game, I liked the little skiing mini game. Many because you could not lose, which was uh, great. What? Yes, you could lose. I lost the skiing mini game. Oh, I'm very sorry. Uh, um, Al, what do you think would have been your favourite part of the second half? I like the idea of uh, crashing a Zeppelin into the North Pole. Uh, that sounds fun. <laughs> and uh, the kind of energy that I have every time I finish watching the bloody Polar Express. Um, yeah, I, I I did just about... I think this thing probably took me an hour, 45, two hours in the end. So it wasn't too long. I was very worried this thing was going to take oh, me like five oh. full hours. And I no, will I- say... I don't think the video game overstays its welcome the way the movie does, even though it's longer than the movie. I think the variety of the mini games, like it keeps you trucking along. Yeah, Jamie. Hey, Jamie, would you pay eighty dollars for it? Would you pay? $80 no, no, for I wouldn't Jamie? pay eighty dollars. Would you pay eighty dollars oh, for it? I tell you what, I might pay eighty dollars to get an iToy camera that comes with the PlayStation oh, yeah. 2, which is what locks away the bonus content. Because I'd been collecting all the little collectibles all the way through, hoping to unlock yeah. some bonus content. And then I clicked in on the bonus content and it said, your PlayStation iToy isn't connected. And I'm like, I'm fucking emulating this. This has a webcam. <laughs> Use that, you fucks. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I, was, I was deeply disappointed that I didn't get to so experience the delightful bonus content. It's, it sounds to me like this is going in your... I mean, I mean, let's, let's. I am jumping the gun here, Jamie. I am yeah. jumping the gun. I I apologize. Of course, when we review things on Hanks Bank, we review things based on four criteria: one, Tom Hanks's performance out of five; two, well, no, you Tom Hanks dink meter. No, you've, you've three, skipped the first thing. Which how is, good is the movie? Yeah, how out good of is five. the movie? Then Tom Hanks' performance. Then the Tom Hanks dink meter. How much of a dick is Tom Hanks in this film? And then the is it going in our blanks bank uh, which used to mean is it going to save humanity from the aliens and then it used to mean is it going to galvanize humanity to fight back against the aliens uh, and now it means that it's we'll go- sort it out we'll <laughs> figure it out find that out in the new year guys and our next one the mythology evolves that's oh, right put a pin in it back. put in a pin in it guys we're uh, going to phase three of blanks bank <laughs> um uh, this time we might have a female-led episode. <laughs> um, right. Uh, what, am I, what am I going to rate this video game? Um, in terms of for what it is, I think if I enjo- really enjoyed this movie and I was playing this as a PS2 game in 2004 and I was a child, I think it does 
that's all right. It's not terrible. Um, the graphics are probably better than like comparatively to how graphics were at the time. I think the graphics are better than how the movie looks for the time. Does that make sense? Yeah, the graphics. Here's the thing. I think when you're watching the graphics on a like, if you were emulating it, um, like they do have a certain charm uh, that yeah. like PS1, PS2 games have a certain like early polygonal stuff have an aesthetic which uh, is charming and is kind of nice and is nostalgic. And conversely, I think nobody has nostalgia for early CGI no. because it looks weird, and especially when you uh, and it's the kind of thing with video games where. There is a the right length of time you are away from something where it can become a nostalgic look again, rather than like if I went to go play uh, Fallout New Vegas or something a couple of years ago, for instance, I'd be kind of like, well, this looks like shit. Shouldn't I play Fallout Four? And then often when there's enough time gone, you're like, well, old thing looks old anyway. Now I can overlook it, or even well, now I'm nostalgic for the look of this. So I I, I agree that it does look better than the Polo Express. Um, although worse, but better. Yeah. Um, um, I think so I'm, I'm going to a... go for a, a, a 3.3. A 3.3. Mm, Interesting there, Jamie. Uh, you know, I have to ask myself a, a good hard question when I'm rating this game. Um, would I recommend you, a law-abiding citizen, play, pay sorry, $80 to buy this game and play all two hours of it? I think that to myself. I think that's myself really hard of how how that's $40 an hour and I think to myself wow $40 an hour is, you know that's 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 there's, a lot of money that's more than you get paid at McDonald's you know you'd have to, to have you worked at McDonald's for $15 an hour how how many hours over over five over half your day's wage nearly your entire day's wage would go on spending to buy this game and, Jamie and I, tell you I think what, about that I, I think about I think about all those poor Children, uh, uh, not in the sense of being economically poor, but unfortunate children uh, who woke up on Christmas and their parents went, well, I just spent whatever it was in 2004, $50 to buy them the Polar Express, the PS2 game. They love this film. We're going to play it together. And they sat there and they got two hours of content on this shitty, shitty game. I am sorry, Jamie, but let me tell you what. You can't you can't shell out for Tom Hanks. You can't get... Tom Hanks has come to this game. You can only get Tom Hanks' brother. You can only get the Chet Hanks of Tom Hanks. No, thank you. No, thank you. I, 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 I turn to you, ladies and gentlemen, dear listeners of Blank Spank, and I urge you: if you see a copy of the Polo Express, the video game game, eat it. Eat that disc. Chew it down. Put it in a blender. Add it to your smoothie. Make sure no one ever has to listen to it again. Most importantly, don't eat it. That could kill you. Instead, you're going to take it and you're going to burn it. Burn the discs. Burn it to hell. This is a zero. You're going to zero. That that seems, that seems harsh. People worked on this. I will accept that, you know, there's probably, I, okay, okay. There's probably no, some, no. some much higher quality you're... experiences you could get for $40 an hour. I'll accept that. <laughs> yeah, I, let, me, let me go back. You're correct. People worked on this. I'm sure you worked very hard. I hope you had a good time at THQ. Um, I'll give it a one. My, my problem was with paying $80 for it today. I think had I been able to pick this up just on Game Pass or if I could have just picked it up like for nine bucks on the Xbox store, yeah, I would have a very different attitude towards Al, it. Al, please tell me you didn't actually spend $80 on this video game. I didn't spend $80 on this well, video no, but, game. No, no, you must not have because otherwise how would it not Wink. work? How would it not work halfway Wink. through? No, you I, I, no, you're right, you're right. Yeah, sure. 
Yeah, yeah. Didn't spend it. Didn't spend eighty dollars in this video game, Jamie. Wink. What about how much does the Game Boy version cost? <laughs> Maybe that's. What I actually think this would be better. Year. I think this would be a lot better on Game Boy. I think this would be a good Game Boy game, or like an enjoyable Game Boy game, because I'm sure it would just be a platformer, as most Game Boy games were. Can I get it on Amazon? How much would it cost me? There's only one left in stock, apparently, but it doesn't give me a price. I can buy it used for only £12. Very reasonable. That's pretty good. Um, I believe also you can just... I think there is just like a Flash version of the Game Boy version when I was looking up uh, ways mm. to try and play it online and ended up emulating it. Um, that, that I did find the Game Boy version just Jamie, like in a browser. Anyway, Tom Hanks' performance out of five. Tom Hanks' performance. So... Are I'll we rating Tom Hanks' performance? Because I think we can talk about, yeah. you know, Tom Hanks decided not to be in this in the Tom Hanks dick meter. Are we rating Jim Hanks' performance? Mm, no, Jamie. I'm rating Tom Hanks' performance in all the clips where Tom Hanks appears in, of which I will go back and give him a one. I'm not sure what I've given him for every other thing I've watched the Polo Express, but this time round, Tom Hanks gets a one. Previously, Tom Hanks would charge me ten bucks. Ten bucks, Jamie, to see his performance in the Polo Express. I had to pay eighty dollars. Eighty dollars. No, I really need to. No, please say you didn't. Why did you do that? I didn't eat for three days. Oh. Oh. Okay, I'm gonna rate Jim Hanks' performance because I think Jim Hanks deserves some credit for stepping up in the absence of his shitty absentee brother. Um. <laughs> Uh, and I think I think Jim Hanks does a great performance in this. I think he throws himself in it. He's having fun, and he sounds quite a lot like Tom Hanks. So I'm going to give him a four. Uh, however, Tom Hanks dick meter. Tom Hanks, show the fuck up. Like who who the fuck are you in 2004? Fucking Mr. One Two Oscars, too good for a video game. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> turn the fuck up. It'll take you like five fucking minutes to record this shit. They won't make you do two takes. Uh, you're a dick. Uh, so I'm going for a four. In the Tom Hanks dick meter. Uh, I'm going to go for a zero because Tom Hanks need to bow out or the going was good. Okay? So zero. <laughs> He's um, a dick. He is, in fact, good. And Al, is this going in your blank bank? No. No. Uh, it is not going in mine. Uh, it's a little bit earlier than we normally do this because we've got loads more shit to come uh, in this yeah. show. Uh, but uh, when we don't put something in our blanks, we must present something in its stead. What are you going to present this week uh, instead of um, the public? Express video game. Uh, time of recording. Uh, we are about to crack into Hanukkah. Uh, so you know what? Uh, Hanukkah, you're going in my blank spank. All right? A miracle the of con- lights. The Eight concept crazy of Hanukkah. nights. I put the menorah in. Sounds great. Um. Oh, I didn't think. What am I going to put in? Uh, I'm going to put in the jigsaw that me and my girlfriend did today. It had a Santa on it. It had a little puppy dog in it. It was a delightful little cozy Christmas experience. And so I'm going to put in the spirit of having a delightful little cozy Christmas experience with you and your loved ones uh, this Christmas time. And if you don't have any loved ones to have that cozy Christmas experience, have that cozy Christmas experience with yourself. Wrap yourself up warm. Mm. Put, get get yeah. get get a christmas movie on the Ooh. tv and then if you can afford another screen of some sort like a laptop put a put a little fire because i'm assuming no one i know actually has an actual fire so get get two screens get a christmas movie on one get a little fire on the other wrap up cozy get a little get a little hot cocoa and and just treat yourself lovely this uh this this christmas season and that's enough of any of that kindness because now we've got the serious business now which is the tom hanks draft 
Of course. So let's explain this uh, for our dear listeners. I had this concept. I thought it was a fun idea. I stole it from two guys on Instagram who do drafts of stupid things. Um, the idea is we're going to, one by one, uh, do you have a coin nearby, Al? Oh, I've got a coin. Um, we're going to decide who picks first, and then we're going to, one by one, pick Ooh. anything we have reviewed for the yeah. podcast. Sure. Um, which, Jamie, oh, Jamie, yeah. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. I haven't been home since the money... Since since the Queen died, has the money changed yet? The is money Charles's has... head on the money. No. Show I me the money. Show me the money. This is this is a this is a five p coin that still has good old Lizzie's face on it. Um, Disgraceful. Disgraceful. Uh, but yeah, so we're gonna pick um, movies now. You might think we're just trying to rank his best movies, but no, it's a little bit more specific than that. Because when we have our five movies, our aim is to have the best representation of Tom Hanks's career. So my example I've been giving to Al when I was trying to explain this to him because he also didn't understand it was say you take Sleepless in Seattle, you're probably not going to take You've Got Mail as well. Admittedly, why would you take You've Got Mail at all? That movie fucking sucks. But you would have that representation of Tom Hanks's career already, so you wouldn't need it. And with like you're drafting for a sports team, you know, you're not going to draft two quarterbacks. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm looking at this list. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. You have put Sleepless in Seattle, the musical, on this list. I ha- a a yes, show I in which Tom Hanks does not appear Al, at all. Al, I very specifically said that I'm going to put everything that we have reviewed on the podcast. That means Sleepless in Seattle, the musical, you are in there. Him appearing on Graham Norton, you are in there. The Carly Rae Jepsen music video, you are in there. If you want to take any of no, those, no, but you Jamie, are welcome Jamie, to. All of those, all of those, every single one except for Sleepless in Seattle, he is in it. Admittedly, he's not in the Polo Express 2, the video game, but that's also not on this list. So that's that's not on this because um, we hadn't reviewed it yet at time of uh, writing. Now, Al, I agree with you. But go back and take it up with me and you when we decided to go and watch the Sleepless in Seattle musical and record an episode about it. Fair enough. So I've uh, broken these down by decade for our own purposes, but as each of them is picked, we'll take them off and I'll create a list below. Uh, Jamie and Al writing that in my lovely Google Docs. Um, So Al, I'll let you uh, pick heads or tails. Uh, I will go for heads. Oh, fuck, that's gone everywhere. Oh, no. Uh, it is tails, dear Alexander. Now, Jamie, I have to ask. The way you've set this up, no, there's only f- uh, four decades. I was going to say, do we have to uh, pick one from each decade? No, no, but no. no. That, that, that's so just for your own ease as you're scanning through. If you're looking for something, um, you'll know vaguely which decade it's in. Uh, now, Alexander, I'm quite glad I got to go first because I think I've actually got a little draft here and I've got like different options for like if one is already gone. But what is number one, is number one. There's no other option. And I think it's probably what you would have taken number one as well. So with my number one pick in the Tom Hanks draft, the number one overall pick, I am taking Captain Phillips. Ooh, interesting. That that would have been high up in my draft. I don't think it was going to be my number one draft. I think it's probably his best performance. That is why I'm going to justify this. In fact, Al, you can take the first 90% of that movie if you want. I just want the last mm. 10 minutes because that is when I believe Tom Hanks has his single greatest piece of acting in his entire career. The final bit of Captain Phillips when he's coming off the boat. And as we know, we talked about this when we reviewed it. It's like an entirely improvised scene and it's absolutely phenomenal. It is the best acting that Tom Hanks has done in his career. If I'm trying to represent Tom Hanks' career, I want the best piece of acting it's done. It appears in Captain Phillips. It is coming number one. 
Interesting, interesting. Well, you've gone for the best acting in his career. Uh, I think I'm going to go for the best movie of his career. Okay. Uh, and, uh, of course, put Toy Story 3 uh, at the top of my draft, uh, which interesting. is uh, interesting. interesting. Of course, you might say, why not go for Toy Story, the one that started it all off? Uh, you know, it's, it's for me, Toy Story 3 is the probably the best Tom Hanks movie. Um, I think it's, like, the most... It destroys me emotionally the entire last half. Uh, but it's also just like, it's funny, it's well-paced, it's action, it's adventure. It's great. I love Toy Story 3. Um, I, I, it's a good pick. Um, um, I was obviously, you know, everyone who's t- uh, going for the Tom Hanks uh, movies, you want to get Toy Story 3 in there. But you know what, Al? I've got to say, I think it's a bit of a blunder in the first round. Because if I'm trying to represent Tom Hanks' career... I can take any of the Toy Stories, really. I will agree. Toy Story 3, it's definitely the best one. But am I am I going to be angry about having Toy Story 2 or Toy Story 1 on my roster? No, those are fine, fine films. And now I don't need to worry about taking them. Because I can, I can get them. They're going to be there for ages. You're not taking any of them. You've, you've, you've shown your hand, Alexander, far too early. And now I can pick tactically around this. Um, so number two, number two. This is tough. I'm picking between two, um, and I think both of them represent the same kind of uh, Tom Hanks. I don't. If I take one, I don't think I need the other. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna talk this out loud. I've got on my two slot: Saving Private Ryan or Bridge of Spies. I don't think you need. Have I got Catch Me If You Can on this? Yeah, I've got Catch Me If You Can. Um, I think you need a Spielberg. You you absolutely. If you're representing Tom Hanks's career. You need a Spielberg, don't you? It, it, it's probably his best. They're, they're, it's probably they probably both bring the best out of each other. Really, that mm. if you were to rank maybe the top five Tom Hanks films of his entire career, probably two or three Spielberg movies will appear in there. So you need a Spielberg. But I think the reason I've not gone for Catch Me If You Can, although it's a fantastic pick, is I think you need a bit of his obsession with with World War, right? Like he he loves his wars does hanks so you've got to represent that somehow so that's either going to come in saving private ryan or bridge of spies and that's tough because i also need to represent the 90s like you can't not represent the 90s the 90s is his best decade he's, he's incredible in the 90s but there are other options in the 90s i can i can i can get another 90s film later and i think bridge of spies is the better film i really like the the opening of um uh, of Saving Private Ryan, obviously that's a, that's an incredible piece of filmmaking. Not really necessarily Tom Hanks himself. Whereas Bridge of Spies, that's showing, you know, off a later Tom Hanks. Although I've already, Al, I'm talking myself in circles here. I've already got a later Tom Hanks. I've got Captain Phillips. Do I need another movie from the 2010s of Tom Hanks representing a, a fantastic performance? Yeah, I do. I'm taking. I'm taking. I'm, I might come to regret this because I think I th- I'm taking Bridge of Spies. Do it. But I, I, I do think. I think I've maybe misplayed a little bit taking Phillips and Bridge of Spies. I think they're quite similar. They, they yeah. come from a similar yeah. era of Hanks. No, they really do. They really do. Uh, now, Jamie, here's my thing. I, there's lots I love. Um, unlike uh, the fool you are, I'm not going to say what I love out loud. Okay? I'm just going <laughs> well, to file you, away. I'm not going to file any, away look, the things you Al, say you're going to You can take love. Saving Private Ryan. I'm not going to Oh, no, no, no. Jamie, got... Jamie, Jamie. I'm not going to take Saving Private Ryan. No, no, no. I'm going to take Toy Story 2. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I am playing this motherfucker. <laughs> I am uh, playing him like a fiddle. Oh, oh. Like a fiddle. 
Look, honestly. Because now I've gotten in his head. Now I can see it. <laughs> yeah, in his now, face. now it's do I take Toy I've Story? I destroyed his entire <laughs> draft strategy. You've taken my draft strategy. Do I take Toy Story next? You know what? I'm not because otherwise he's stuck with Toy Story Four. Otherwise he's stuck with Toy Story Four. <sighs> oh fuck! I, I I hadn't even considered Toy Story Four. I never even <laughs> thought about taking Toy Story Four. Um, but do I want to? I think you're I think you're ram shackling yourself more than you are ram shackling. You don't even like Toy Story. You don't even like the original Toy Story. I, so would I take it? Would I not take it? Who would knows? You take it out of spite, and it would be a ter- three fifths of your draft would just be the Toy Story trilogy. That would be a terrible, terrible draft. No, no, go for it. Fucking take it. I'm taking Sleepless in Seattle, number three. You need to represent. No. Uh, yeah, there you go. Fucking played yourself. Oh, you, you rep- hurt me. You, you hurt have me. to represent rom-com Tom Hanks, and there are only really two options. Even it's really weird. He, you think of him like he like has have. I guess there's Splash as well. But like you think of him as like early career. He made himself as a rom-com star before he transitioned mm. into playing these older mm. roles. He was a bit yeah. of a heartthrob. But there's actually only two slash three, and. Only one of them's that good. Splash isn't that good. You've got mail isn't that good. Sorry, Alyssa. Um, she'll hear this in six months' time. It'll be fine. Um, Sleepers in Seattle is the best of his rom-coms. I'm going to represent... I've already got the best of his acting. I've got the best of his rom-coms. Do it. Take Toy Story. Take so- Have them. I don't need it. I don't need it. So here's my thing. <laughs> I can take Toy Story. Or I can take what I think will be Jamie's fifth pick. Mm-hmm. So it's between Toy Story and the Terminal. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I know <laughs> um, what I know. What I I can mind read his draft, no, and I reckon somewhere number number five, the Terminal is on there Al, too. Al, I can promise you. Please start selecting for your own desires, rather than thinking you don't like either Toy Story or the Terminal. I can promise you, the Terminal is I not like on the my terminal. draft. The I, like, I like Toy Story. I like terminal. Toy Story. It is no, iconic. No, you didn't. It is iconic. I, I like ta- it. I just I can don't tell you love its most absolutely one hundred percent. The terminal is not in my draft at the moment. It's not in my draft. So I have to think about Toy Story or something on Toy Story. Or just taking a movie you actually like. No, no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I like Toy Story. But you can't have three-fifths of your fucking draft being represented by Toy Story, Al. It's iconic. It's iconic. You're not without, playing without the Toy game. Without Toy, Ow, Story, without Toy Story, what do we have in uh, CGI animation? Uh, a Bug's Life? Uh, no, thank you. Al, uh, I've, I've got to be honest. I'm toasting you. I'm, if you take Toy Story, I'm absolutely. I don't know because what are we? What are we? What are we reviewing these? But if we're doing it by like Metacritic reviews, I no, I, no, Al. I would like to remind you. The aim of this oh. is to have the most complete representation of Tom Hanks' yeah. career. You are representing oh. one aspect of Tom Hanks. Well, I don't know. I think it's I, I think the people uh, might say differently uh, see this is why you plan this is why you write out a plan out Jamie so actually get, did that's the thing so, I know he sat there for he sat yes, with a cold I've, I've got stellar it in his I've, hand I'm going to show it you very quickly so you strategy. Yeah, yeah. I have handwritten out so I've got in like each different slot I've got slashes for like different options I can I can reveal later what I might have taken instead of Sleepless because I assumed Sleepless was going to be gone by then would I take Toy Story because here's my issue Al, there are so many movies you love of Tom Hanks's that you are not even looking at. You're just staring at Toy Story. You can't just have the Toy Story trilogy and then two other movies, Al. But Jamie, 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 you can't have five Tom Hanks movies. 
and not have a Toy Story film. I'm fine taking okay. Toy Story 4. I think it's... Are you? Good. Are you fine? To, is anyone fine taking Toy Story 4? Um, when you took Seabus in Seattle, that was personal. Okay, that, that was personal. <laughs> I was, was selecting personal. for the best of my draft. I was not selecting to block you mm. in any way. I got a, I got a call in a ringer. One sec. Well, she's just going to take You've Got Mail, Al. She's just going to take You've Got Mail. This is a terrible idea. She is actually not in the house, so... Ah, okay. Uh, <laughs> that was of no well, help. I one can... sec, one sec, one sec, one sec. I'm going to call a homie, okay? okay? I'm going to call a homie. One second. One you're gonna second. Call, you're going to call someone. Yeah, one sec. Al, this isn't a difficult decision. I know, so... we know people... Jamie, we know people... Who like sports, okay? And I need to call in some sports people to, to help me out on this because I I'm I'm struggling. I'm struggling. It's right not difficult. Catch me I'm if struggling. you can. Is there either of the films for which he won an Oscar are still there? You've got early comedy Tom Hanks. You could take Big. You've got Saving Private Ryan still on the board. You've got the Green Mile still on the fucking board. <laughs> I, Jamie, I need to I need to call in an expert, okay? I need to call in a sports expert. Hey, Bennett. Yes. I'm hoping you might be able to help me out. This is a, 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 a blank spank related problem. Tell him he's live on the podcast. Don't. You don't, are live on the don't. podcast currently. Okay. So currently we're in the process of doing a draft where we are drafting all f- like five of Tom Hanks movies that are the most uh, impactful of Tom Hanks' films. Okay. Okay. Jamie so far has drafted Captain Phillips in the first draft, Bridge of Spies number two, and Sleeps in Seattle number three. I have drafted Toy Story 3, <laughs> Toy Story 2, and now I'm a third round pick. And my question is, do I take Toy Story and snipe it from Jamie so that if you so his list is forever poisoned? Because it will either not have Toy Story, or it will have Toy Story 4, which is disgusting. Uh, or do I pick another movie which actually I don't like? Like you are you've done drafts, you've done sports. Do I destroy his list or do, can I salvage his list? Because I'm looking at it right now and two Toy Story movies makes no sense. The entire Toy Story trilogy with two extra picks sounds quite good. What do you think? I think it's really funny to have the entire Toy Story in reverse chronological order in your list. I yeah. Think you should do that 100%. Yeah, okay. Thank you. That's what I thought too. Okay, I'll be taking Toy Story as my third This is the Thank worst fucking draft I've ever seen. Oh my God. Right. Okay. So, right. To, to recap for dear listeners, we are we are three-fifths of the way through the draft. Al is yet to select a non-Toy Story-based movie. Um, okay, with number four. Uh, <laughs> Do it. I'm going to take Castaway. Um, I think you need uh, one of his, like, big 90s dramatic performances... Uh, you've got a few different options there. You've got Saving Private Ryan. I didn't take that earlier for reasons. You got Forrest Gump. You got Philadelphia. I I think both of those age relatively poorly. Um, although Forrest Gump's good fun, uh, albeit a movie that definitely wouldn't be made with the same sensibilities today. Um, so I think the 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 yeah the one I want to go for Castaway. It's a brilliant performance. It shows mm-hmm. sort of the power of Tom Hanks. Mm-hmm. as a star like his star power was never bigger than at the end of the 90s when he's been on that absolutely historic run of films and they just make a movie where it's like what if it's just fucking him what is just him for like 90 minutes and we just fuck about with tom hanks um so i'm going for for castaway at uh at number four 
So you you went for Castaway. Uh, obviously, I'm I'm thinking to myself, uh, what was at the time the most money any actor ever made out of a movie? Uh, and of course, that was Forrest Gump. Uh, and so I'm no no no. Oh, I'm thinking. You're thinking. I started to I'm type at, Forrest I'm Gump. Looking at your list because you only have um, one pick left, and I have two. Oh, I hadn't. Captain I hadn't Phillips, Bridge of Spies, Sleepers in Seattle, Castaway. Interesting. Toy it's a Brit. It's an incredible list, Al. It's such a good representation of Tom Hanks. And yet, and yet, as is mine. Uh, so let's think about this. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. No, Joe Biden's inauguration. That was memoric. Uh, memoric is not a word. Uh, Toy Story Time forgot. I could go for those two and make you a big Toy Story four, but I won't. Uh, Freedom History of Us. No, Catch Me If You Can. I actually enjoy. Mm. Yes, there are some, there are some really good mi- Apollo thirteen still there. Catch me if you can. Like mm, these are all these are all uh, interesting interesting takes. You could take him as David S. Pumpkins. None. No. Neither what? of us have taken. No. <laughs> neither no. of us have taken anything from the eighties. Like Big is still out there. Splash is still out there. Mazes and Monsters is still out there. Alexander. Hmm. 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 But so is Pinocchio. <laughs> As is the post, a very good film. Elvis, you enjoyed just, he's that. Been, he's been in lots of good movies, Jamie. But maybe I like. Yeah, cars. and you've taken maybe three I like of cars. the same ones. Maybe I like cards. Whose fault is that for doing a draft of five, Jamie? A team isn't five players. Uh, it, it's it's a full <laughs> a basketball 13. team is. <laughs> That's true. Um, not the Simpsons movie. Or that's good too. Not the Pacific. Uh, here's my issue. I really wanted Sleepers in Seattle, and you took that away from me. So I'm wor- wondering if I have to put in Sleepers in Seattle musical uh, to, <laughs> to round that out. I mean, no, no, I can't do that. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump goes into number four. Yeah, uh, Forrest Gump. Makes a shit I, ton of money of that. I think that is a that is a that is a good pick. It's one of the two that um, he wins the Oscars for in back to back years with Philadelphia and then Forrest Gump. Um, absolutely insane that he hasn't won one since now pick it do it one second I'm 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 looking something up because I've got I've got two on there and that neither of them are what I think they are because what I'm looking for is can I get away with instead of selecting Toy Story 4 Selecting the Toy Story short that had Partysaurus Rex. Because that's that, technically not on this list, Jamie. It is not on this list. You, uh, I, but we, we so did if, review if we, it. No, no, I, I'm sorry, Jamie, but if we're introducing something in the fifth draft, I, I think that this whole thing is blown wide open. It, if you haven't put it in this list... Is Toy uh, Story that time forgot? Is that... No, time that's the different one. For, is that the one with, with Partysaurus Rex? No. Weird. Why? It, I've taken. I took these from our list of episodes. Anyway, um, okay. We may have done it. Uh, here's the thing. We may have done it as part of the Toy Story Tunes collection. Yeah, maybe. Um, Do it. I, I'm gonna take Toy Story Four. I don't think it. Uh, wow. Am I? Wow. Am Look I? At this Captain Am I going to take Toy Story 4? Bridge just... of Spies, Masterpiece. Slipless in Seattle, Masterpiece. Castaway, Masterpiece. Toy Story 4? Really? Toy Story 4? The one Am that Rashida take... Jones quit because John Lasseter was a creep? Really? I, Al, I can reveal now because it's the last pick. At five, I have written down 
whatever Toy Story is left. Yeah. Because I didn't have. think yeah, you, you would have. take because all three. I Toy know Story. you, Jamie Jones, down to the core of your being. And now okay. I have the whole world to pick, and you have between Toy Story 4, Toy Story The Time Forgot, and the Toy Story of Terror. I think. I th- the question is: Is having toy is not having Toy Story four worse or better than having Toy Story four? <laughs> <laughs> I this think... is the question: Is having one good Toy Story on my list enough to justify the fact that I will only have three good movies versus four? Oh, this is really different. And neither of us have taken anything from the 80s, although I've come close with Sleepers in Seattle, which I feel like covers, like, early Hanks. But I could take Big. Or... We should have given these, like, cost rankings so we only had a certain amount of money to spend. (laughs) Looking back uh, next year, we'll go do... No, no, next year. We'll, uh, that we'll, sounds we'll like so time. much work, Alexander. <laughs> um, <sighs> this is so... This is so difficult. This is actually such a tough choice now. The rest of these have been easy. You've made the yeah. rest of this draft so easy for me. Uh-huh. And then this last pick is torturous. Jamie, do you remember yeah. when you uh, made me sit through you talking about the entirety of uh, the Polo Express, the PSD video game? It took like four minutes, what you're talking about. It took 20 um, minutes. 22 uh, minutes, Jamie. This was my revenge. This was my revenge. Next year, when we think about doing the Polo Express, I have a counter pitch, which we'll talk about after. But when we think about doing the Polo Express, I want you to remember the pain you feel right now. This is really hard. This is so hard. Oh, I bet it is. I bet it is. I th- I think I have to sacrifice not having a Toy Story. I don't think having Toy Story 4 is worth it just to have a Toy Story. I genuinely mm. don't. Mm. In which case, I have two options. I actually have three options, and I'm going to talk you through all of them because I think it's fun. So, I could just take another one of his good movies. Uh, I'm looking at Big. Uh, I'm looking at... Um, Catch Me If You Can. Great movie. Um... I could just take another good movie. Or I could take Da Vinci Code, which is a bad movie, but very distinctly representative of a very specific time in Tom Hanks's career when he just got stuck into this deal with Sony for some reason and he made some quite bad movies for like five years in a row. He was not it like from I mean, I'm looking at these in order from after catch me if you can which sort of ends his big run from the 90s he's then in the lady killers the terminal oh, i could take the terminal uh, <laughs> um cars oh he's not really in cars he's playing woody in cars polar express da vinci code simpsons movie charlie wilson's war great buck howard angels and demons and then toy story 3 he's in quite bad movies until toy story 3 there for quite a while that is representative of tom hanks career or my third option is I take Tom Hanks on Graham Norton because we have reviewed it. It is there. And what represents the desire and love that people have for Tom Hanks more than Tom Hanks himself? People love him. He's everyone's granddad. Uh, 
Make your move. Make your move. I've got good movies. I don't need more good movies. I've got good movies. I'm going for Da Vinci Code. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Enjoy living in the trash, Jamie. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm going to take Philadelphia. Uh, and there you have it. I have uh, five Oscar-winning films <laughs> in my list. Each one of them has won an Oscar. In fact, both both of his Academy Award-winning films. Which, Jamie, interesting, you don't have one. <laughs> one. One. I know, so, Al, uh, but, but I'm... Okay, so, to run it down. Sure. For, 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 for lessons, to recap. My list is Captain Films, Bridge of Spies, Sleepless in Seattle, Castaway, and Da Vinci Code. I already forget that last pick. Terrible yeah. last pick. Horrible pick. Al's list. Toy Story 3, Toy Story 2, Toy Story, Forrest Gump, Philadelphia. I would like to remind listeners that the aim of this was to create the most complete representation of Tom Hanks' career. Al has got three Toy Story <laughs> movies and the two movies he won Oscars for back-to-back okay, for okay. quite Oscar-y performances. Elissa is back. I'm going to ask okay. her to come in and just, like, unbiasedly, just get rid of the names and we'll just have her say which is the better list, Okay. Okay. No, no. I, I, I want, I want to explain this to her very clearly. Sure, Alyssa. Yeah. Can you come in? We need you for the podcast for a sec. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Can you, can you put these headphones on? Jamie wants to talk to you for a second. Hi, Alyssa. Um, Hello. So we've been doing a uh, draft of Tom Hanks movies. The pitch of the idea is we each pick a movie back and back, uh, back and forth, and we have to get the best representation of Tom Hanks's career. Okay. Uh, I've removed the names from this. Uh, you can see the two lists. Uh, this is ridiculous. Whoever them... <laughs> created the second list is, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess. It's Al. This is insane. A representative group of his movies. One should obviously include a rom com. Two shouldn't include three movies of the same franchise. Morris Gump is a rom-com. Okay, the rom-com thing isn't really my main issue. It's like <laughs> Toy Story 1 through 3. Choose one. <laughs> so, right, so, get Alyssa, just... You're banned. You're banned from the podcast. That was no, Al, wait, right? Before you go, just to be, just to be clear, which, which do you think is better? Which do you think is a better better list? Yeah, obviously the first one. But Thank also, wait, no, Alyssa. the Da Vinci Code? Are you crazy? Yeah, <laughs> okay, I'll, I will admit, I will admit. No, no, I don't think he needs... Oh, oh, uh, Al has... Uh, Unfortunately, it's not recording, so we'll take a break. Blank spank. We are back from our break. Uh, the chaos uh, of Alyssa's interlude there uh, meant uh, that the recording was accidentally stopped. Um, but Al, I do have to say that uh, other than perhaps my slightly out-of-pocket pick of the Da Vinci Code, uh, which I didn't have the opportunity to justify, um, that was quite a resounding victory for my list uh, there I, by your nearest and dearest, who no, immediately I, thought I, it was a terrible sorry, list no, no, and no, no, knew no. it was yours. No, sorry, sorry, Jamie, Jamie, okay? Sorry. Two things, okay? Uh, one, former nearest and dearest. Uh, <laughs> the engagement has been called off. Uh, and two, I, I think you misunderstood what she said. I think she said is, how could you not have three movies from the same franchise on one list? How could you not have Toy Story on at all? And how could you have the trash that was Da Vinci Code? I think it was resoundingly agreed upon that my list far superior. 
Uh, okay, cool. Uh, do, you, do you want me to week? call Al? Do you want me to call my dearest and dearest and see what she has to say about these lists? No, 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 no. It's okay, okay. it's okay, it's okay. Because because okay. we know the outcome. We know we know yeah, the yeah. outcome. I think and we actually, both know the outcome, Jamie. And also, it's a uh, draw. I'll find out my partner's opinion uh, much quicker than you than you would because Alyssa Jamie, won't listen to this podcast Jamie, for six months. I'll trade you one Toy Story movie for two of your films. What? <laughs> no, <laughs> I've already won. <laughs> I decided I don't I could have taken a Toy Story movie I didn't take it I didn't need it I've already got you know I I could just um, one of those movies can be the Da Vinci one of those movies can be the Da Vinci Code no it's fine I can just remove the Da Vinci Code I could remove the Da Vinci Code and no I still you think can't my it's four... stuck in your list Jamie you can't I play think... basketball without five no. people I'm just saying I think my four other carry carry my uh, bench riding Da Vinci Code I could be out there I... with four players and we'd still be fucking playing I around think you. me and my five Academy Awards Jamie are laughing our way to the bank okay well the blanks bank. let's look ahead and see if there are any more Academy Awards in the future of either Anne Hathaway or Tom Hanks we've done our draft uh, we're now going to be looking ahead. Um, I've got um, all of the uh, scheduled movies. Some of these, it's unclear 100% whether they'll be coming out next year. But uh, I sort of went for ones, any ones that are in post-production already, even if they don't have um, a release date. So as I say, I'm going to just, I've got a few um, details for each of these. You can see these in front of you as well, but I'll read them out for our uh, dear listeners. Then we'll have a little chat about each of them maybe. Uh, but in general, we're going to try and decide which one we think we will like the most. So what will be our, uh, what, or each of our individual favourite movie out of out of these lists, and which ones we think will do best critically, which will, of course, be measured by Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, and we'll have a look back on these um, at the end of next year. So, Anne Hathaway. Let's start. We've done a lot of talk about Tom Hanks. Uh, Anne Hathaway has four movies uh, lined up next year. Uh, the first of which is Eileen, the logline of which is a woman's friendship with a new co-worker at the prison facility where she works takes a sinister turn. This is uh, based on the 2015 novel by Otessa Moshfe, uh, which was shortlisted for the Man Booker Prize and has a 3.6 average rating on Goodreads. Uh, the director's only previous feature was uh, Lady Macbeth from 2016, and there are no other notable stars. I can't say that I've got the highest hopes for this one, unless you have heard anything I have not, Alexander. Uh, I know people really enjoyed Lady Macbeth in 2016, um, so I think that might be quite good. I think there is a outside chance. Uh, do you know what the release date for this is meant to be? Uh, expected in January. So, uh, this, right, so this, these big... are these uh... are generally in chronological order. Right, so it's it's too late for an Oscar, and it's too it's like they're releasing it in serious time, but they're not. No one's expecting it to get an Oscar. Who is releasing it? What studio do you know? Uh, is that information on IMDb production box office? No. Uh, um, uh, uh, I mean, film. Oh, jeez. Uh, um, uh, deadline. Are you gonna tell me? Um, uh, EFM by Endeavor Content and WME Independent. Is that what you need? Is that information? Mm, yeah. Are those the correct things? No, in which case it's probably not going to be a big, big one. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's not at the top of my picks. How are we doing this one? Are we 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 saying we get a certain we're number just, of picks? We're just going to go through. We'll go through all, all of them first, first, and then we'll each decide um, sure. which one we think we're going to enjoy the most, which one will be the most critically um, uh, acclaimed. 
Uh, we then have Mother's Instinct. Again, logline. Alice and Celine. Similar to Celine live a traditional lifestyle with successful husbands and sons of the same age. Life's perfect harmony is suddenly shattered after a tragic accident. Guilt, suspicion and paranoia combine to unravel their sisterly bond. Uh, the two sisters in this are obviously Anne Hathaway and Jessica Chastain. Uh, this is the directorial debut of Benoit Delhomme. Uh, who's previously worked as a cinematographer on movies such as The Theory of Everything and, funnily enough, Anne Hathaway's One Day. Uh, this was originally a French movie, which was also based on a book from 2018, um, and that French movie got 73% on Rotten Tomatoes. I think this is going to be enjoyably bad. Interesting. So, we, we will come... It, it's... Uh, there may also be another adaptation of an international film uh, coming up in the Tom Hanks part of things. And it is interesting with these adaptations of international films, I feel like they are either like brilliant or terrible and there's never really an in-between. Um, mm. And it's odd that because it feels like they should really just be adapting really good movies because there's so many to choose from like why wouldn't you just pick the best ones but then adapt- then you get adaptations like um, the Brian Cranston Kevin Hart uh, Untouchables or whatever it was called from the French uh, no what it wasn't the French film was Les Antichables but what did the Ameri- it got a stupid name Me Before She the upside, the upside, um, which was much, much worse than the original French one. But it's weird. Uh, yeah. They generally come either top or bottom. Um, right. She Came to Me follows a composer who suffers writer's block and rediscovers his passion after an adventurous one-night stand. This also stars Marissa Tomei and Peter Dinklage. It is written and directed by the previous writer of Maggie's Plan in 2015 and The Ballad of Jack and Rose in 2005. It is unclear from uh, the... Um, initial work here whether Peter Dinklage will be having his adventurous one night stand with Marissa Tomei or with Anne Hathaway I think Marissa Tomei um I have a feeling this sounds weirdly to me like uh uh John Piote uh and so I am not super hot on this one okie dokie uh, we then have last one, which is the wildest one. Don't even know if this oh, is going to come out oh, next yeah. year, but this is fucking absolutely mental. Um, so uh, the idea of you, Sophie, a 40 year old divorced mother, braves the heat to go with her daughter to Coachella after her dad cancels his trip with his 15 year old. There she meets the lead singer of a band. Um, now they are slightly underplaying this, but uh, let, let's first do the, the negatives of this because this is based also based on a book. Um, which is apparently loosely based on Harry Styles. The writer of the book had this to say. A few years ago, my husband was away on business and I was up late surfing music videos on YouTube when I came across the face of a boy I'd never seen before in a band I'd never paid attention to. And it was so aesthetically perfect, it took me by surprise. It was like art. I spent a good hour or so Googling, trying to figure out who this kid was. And in doing so, I discovered that he often dated older women and so the seed was planted planted so there's a lot of stuff going on here firstly i feel so bad for the husband (laughs) just just this woman openly (laughs) saying yeah yeah no i saw harry styles one and i got so horny i wrote an entire book about it Mm -hmm. but also al i don't want to be the if this was the other way round guy but like can we imagine a movie that is about like a 40 year old dude seeing a video about olivia rodrigo and being like wow olivia rodrigo is so fucking sexy like it's a weird concept for a movie right yeah yeah uh, yeah 
it's I believe it was like fanfic I think a bit like like Fifty Shades of Grey it's fanfic that was turned yeah. into another thing um, later uh, which you know obviously uh, you know whatever uh, I, I I agree that it's it's going to be interesting to watch I'm going to be excited for it I think it'll be fun I think this will be I think a, it will like, be fun but the weirdest part is it's directed by Michael Showalter who is also director of Big Sick and The Lovebirds he's also directed episodes of The Dropout Good. Grace and Frankie Love he also, has... he also wrote uh, Wet Hot American Summer like yeah. he's a very well respected like talented uh, uh, funny guy like The Big Sick I enjoyed uh, he's also got a new one coming out called Spoiler it's the same guy be the guy who also is directing Spoiler Alert I think uh, which is the one with Jim Parsons. Um, I uh, did not enjoy The Lovebirds. I did not find that super fun or funny. Um, but this is an action, so that should be good, I guess. Um, I I think this one will be fun enough. I have a feeling this one will not get made. This this screams to be a movie that does not exist. Um, um, I, if I, let me double check. Um, I believe it is already in post-production. Let me double check uh, that. In which case, interesting... Uh, uh, actress upcoming uh, which one was it she came to me yep already in post-production okay we'll see um so tom hanks then uh I wait will go no through. that's she came to me wait what yeah. was this called the idea of you that is in production so that okay. might not i mean it's got it a, should. it's got it a, should. it's got a lot of people cast uh, if you want to know the person who's playing uh, harry styles it is apparently someone called nicola galizine no, Galitzin, uh, who was also in Cinderella. Um, so, Tom so those Hanks, are all then. of our Anne Hathaway ones. Yeah. Tom Hanks, we've got one coming. So uh, these are also, of course, the episodes that our dear listeners can look up uh, forward to. We'll have Eileen, hopefully coming in January. Also coming in January. I think it's maybe even already out in some markets. Mm. I can't remember. Uh, it's a movie called A Man Called Otto. Otto is a grump who's given up on life. Uh, following the loss of his wife and wants to end it all. When a young family moves in nearby, he meets his match in quick-wicked Marisol, leading to a friendship that will turn his world around. Uh, this is directed by Mark Foster, who is the director of The Kite Runner, Stranger Than Fiction, Quantum of Solace, Christopher Robin, Finding Neverland, Monsters Ball, uh, and a whole load of other films. It's based on a Swedish film called A Man Called Over. Uh, they got 91% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is written by the writer of Finding Neverland and Life of Pi. Yeah, I I think you're quite down on this. It's I don't the trailer's real bad because I've been to a lot of movies recently and uh I've seen the trailer a lot. It's either gonna be a lot better that trailer or exactly what it looks like, and um if it's exactly what it looks like, I do not like the look of it. Uh but I also don't love the like I'm really not in the market for what is sort of one of those like uh like silver like I think they're called like silver screen like audience members where like it's like oh movies made for older people who want that and i i get that i respect it uh i know i'm not in that that part uh so we'll be not sorry the, not in that audience so i'll be i'll find it interesting to see how this goes see i i have high hopes for it i like i i like a good i think it's a, i think it's perfect casting for hanks i think he's he plays a great you know grumpy old man with a heart of gold um it's i don't think it's gonna blow my socks off with any like big surprises or twists and turns but i think it's going to be heartwarming and i i like i'm we'll we'll sort of talk about this a little bit more when it uh after this but tom hanks has to be looking to win an oscar right like he's not won one since the 90s he like he must desperately want one again to get to three he then ties with um uh with 
Daniel Day Lewis, right? Yeah. Most in Oscars. Uh, I'll double check with Till Murray. Um, yeah, so he would tie with Daniel Day Lewis, Francis McDormand, Walter Brennan, uh, Ingrid Bergman, Jack Nicholson, and Meryl Streep, with only Catherine Hepburn above them uh, on four. Um, and like, there's shitloads of people with two. There's like shitloads of people with two. So I think he really should. I mean, I think he should already have a third one. He should have got one for Captain Phillips. He probably should have got one for um, for Castaway, to be honest. I don't know who he lost to in those years. But like, he he must be desperate to like separate himself I, out. Here's my, here's my thing. I realistically, to the extent that like uh, Tom Hanks is the apparently a target for people who are going around like QAnon members who are trying to assassinate people like Tom Hanks is still probably to this day the most well-known actor pro- like just as a as a actor probably on earth like I at least uh, that is a sorry let me rephrase that massively uh, English speaking countries um, I'm sure 100% there's um, some like Bollywood actors who probably have uh, as much or bigger reach but so I, I don't know to what extent he does. He's definitely trying to, and I think part of it is like, I think he's looking at stuff which might do it. It's well, definitely more so. Like- it's more so into the from like 2010 onwards. He'll alternate between doing uh, Playtone Productions, uh, so things for his production company, which I have, a f- I d- like might be I want to make some more money, or conversely, like you know this looks good, I like this story, let's make this. That sounds fun, and then being in other people's movies who. Uh, I think that's where he's trying to get the Oscars more. So, for example, like so, News of the World. Noting, was a, a man, a man called Otto is a Playtone production. Yeah, so that that to me feels like it's going to be a uh, Larry Crown. I think Larry. I've been talking to Alyssa. I think this is going to be a really Larry Crown like film. Yeah, and I didn't really enjoy that. But it did. No, it wasn't Larry Crown that showed uh, old person sex scene. That was um, no, that was great. That was hol- the hologram, for the hologram king. to the king. Um, yeah. But yeah, like. I think you're probably right. This is probably not one of those, but it's interesting to always look at them and like, is this one where he thinks he's going to try and get one? Because yeah. obviously I think, I think that's um, going to be Asteroid City, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, before then, though, we have here, which uh, yep. the tagline reads, uh, set in one single room, it follows the many people who inhabit it over years and years from the past to the future. It's starring Robin Wright and Paul Bettany. Uh, it's also, as you've written here, it's a Zigzmechus joint, baby! Yeah, also, we got, we, like, it went so well in their recent reunion. But, no, but so This is what I find interesting, is that it sounds like he's going back to his kind of, like, flight um, allied run of, like, making adult movies. Um, yeah, so this after is his... also based on a book-slash-graphic novel uh, by Richard Maguire, which got... 4.2 on book Goodreads and it's described by The Guardian as a game-changing graphic novel with the logline this mind-blowing book 15 years in the making extends from the Earth's earliest days to beyond humanity's extinction like this was a really hyped up um, like graphic novel book um, whatever you want to call it so it's an interesting adaptation although I, I do want to note that goodness gracious of all of these films like outside of uh, Asteroid City which is the, the Wes Anderson one they're basically all based on something else, whether it be a book or another movie. And that's like, 
I'm sure we, we have friends in Hollywood who would probably uh, back this up. It seems like you can't fucking get something made these days unless it's based on something else. Like, unless you are, like, a big Hollywood guy with, with basically a blank check like Wes Anderson, you have to have something that's already based on something else. Yeah, which I've, I've heard... Um, I've seen some people who are screenwriters. This is not... But just, just in interviews and stuff. Talk about how often nowadays... Uh, they are trying to it is better to write if you have a good idea for a screenplay write it as a book or a graphic novel first because at least then you can prove it's a concept that works and then they will buy that concept and then you can write the screenplay for it whereas if you're just like hey look here's a screenplay for Jurassic Park or whatever that that, unless you're Steven Spielberg or whatever that probably wouldn't work in the same way today finally then Wait, wait, just but very quickly. When was the last time Robert Zemeckis made a fucking good movie? Like, uh, not that long ago. Like, let's have a look at it. So, um, one I like producer as a director. Uh, so Pinocchio. We've we've done these last two movies. We're going to have done his previous three movies in a row because he did uh, Pinocchio and the Witches, uh, Welcome to Marwen, Allied, uh, The Walk and flight so i think we've i think flight. we actually did this in yeah, pinocchio we did. that um, there was a run but, from because he had because again before that he does the polar express bear wolf and christmas carol right so he yeah he has these periods where he will do um the more techie stuff and then he goes back to doing more adulty stuff uh i am not in a mean way continually slightly surprised that like he continues to be able to get money for these i assume this one sounds pretty cheap though so that's that's fair enough yeah um, but, but i think i mean fingers crossed he's clearly a dude who has or at least had talent so fingers crossed he, he can i mean he is one of the co-writers on one of the most perfect screenplays like like back to the future is a close to perfect film structurally uh even if there are bits that might get changed nowadays like it's uh he has a lot of and movies of his have made him a seen amount of money. So, like, Pinocchio, obviously, both his last two films in cinemas, Pinocchio didn't come out in cinemas, uh, The Witches didn't really come out in cinemas, um, you have uh, The Walk, which didn't do that great, Flight, which I think got nominated for an Academy Award, and Allied, which did fine. Um, so, yeah, you know, he, 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 there's a decent return on that kind of stuff, especially if it's cheaper. Um, I'm interested for the one I'm very interested for is Asteroid City yeah. which uh, the pitch is uh, the itinerary of a junior stargazer convention is spectacularly disrupted by world changing events uh, it is obviously written and directed by Wes Anderson and is starring Margot Robbie, Margot Robbie Scarlett Johansson Edward Norton Steve Carell Brian Cranston Tilda Swinton Willem Dafoe Adrian Brody Jeff Goldblum Jason Schwartzman Jeffrey Wright and Risa Wilson alongside Tom Hanks this will not win an Academy Award I guarantee Wes Anderson films do not win Academy Awards they occasionally win Academy Awards for uh, screenplay sometimes and they sometimes win uh, Academy Awards for uh, set uh, like like production design they do not win acting and they do not tend to win uh, they don't win direction he's not one best director or best picture yet uh, I'm just having it. so um, his Academy Award so far he got original screen oh, well not all of Should these they? are nominated he has not won any um, screenplay for Tenenbaums uh, animated feature for uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox screenplay for Moonrise Kingdom uh, Budapest Hotel was when he no. finally got like he got for best, best picture. picture, best director, and original screenplay, and then Isle of Dogs also just got uh, animated feature. So is this his first? Has he done anything since? Has he done any live action since Budapest? Yeah, uh, the French Dispatch last year was. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. 
Um, wait, that, that might get nominated. Who knows? Um, or, or is it? It might get wait, nominated. Uh, it's the issue is that they are. Uh, no, that was even last within year. the yeah, no, that was so, last year. so uh, Jamie, as you'll remember, after yeah. the like Oscars so white kind of campaign, um, the Academy actually did a semi decent job about bringing in a lot of new members uh, to like diversify and to also importantly like really reduce the voting age of who was uh, voting in the the awards. Um, that's resulted in a lot of good things recently, like the you know the win of uh, Moonlight, things like Parasite. I don't think would have happened without that. With that said. I just think that Wes Anderson, although he is loved, I, I think people love him as a director, um, more at, more analytically than I think like emotionally love him for the most part, although I think films like Ten of Mums is very emotional. Um, I just think that he's probably, he'll win late in his career for a movie that everyone's like, oh, like, like everyone's like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess, like this was good. I think he probably should have, been more in contention for Grand Budapest, which I loved. Um, which I can't remember what won the year Grand Budapest won, but um. uh, in the twenty fourteen Oscars, um, twenty fourteen is uh, oh no, it'll be the twenty fifteen Oscars. Gravity uh, is Birdman. But, oh yeah, okay. Uh, um, was that to be fair? Pretty weak year that well, not weak but like so the the nominees that year were Birdman American Sniper Boyhood Grand Budapest Imitation Game Selma Theory of Everything Whiplash yeah oh Whiplash is good maybe Whiplash is one but um, but yeah so I don't think he's going to win but I like it are we going to just pick maybe our top three ones we want we'll do draft style I'll go first or no we're going we're gonna to say we're going to predict the one that All right. the, the one that we I'm happy if you want to do it Per actor. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, sure, we'll do per actor. The one that we think we are going to like the most, i.e. the one we'll give the highest mark on uh, when we actually rate them, and the one that we think will get the highest on Rotten Tomatoes. Let's let's just do it together for both of them. I think Asteroid City will get the highest... I think we'll... I have a feeling we'll both like and we'll get the best review on Rotten Tomatoes. Asteroid City will get the both. I think that the um, uh, idea of you will make the most money. Oh, you think the idea of you will make the most interesting? The idea of you will make the most money. So you think Asteroid City is the one you'll like the most? Yeah. Uh, I do not think Asteroid City is the one I will like uh, like the most. Famously, I have watched uh, one Wes Anderson film. Uh, it was The Grand Budapest Hotel, and it gave me a headache. I do... I, I respect his directing style, but the aggressive cinematography that makes everything so symmetrical and looks so perfect and amazing grates on me it, I, it really annoys me I, I, I should watch some of his more anime, like I've heard Fantastic Mr. Fox is great I should watch more of them but watching Grand Budapest Hotel I was like we fucking get it we get it you had a mirror down the middle or whatever and made everything look symmetrical good for you I'm trying to watch a movie you dickhead not pay attention to the entire time thinking oh isn't Wes Anderson good at directing so I don't think I like Asteroid City the most I'm ah uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on limb. I think I'm gonna like here the most. I think I think I really like the concept. I I even though I've shat on Zemeckis, I've shat on Zemeckis so much. I don't I I. This seems like a more. Like like you say with the the ones that he's generally sought with, there's ones where he's trying to do 
tech or like most of his animated ones are his worst movies like he has he made a good anime i guess he has he made a good animated movie mm. do people like the christmas the 2009 christmas carol with um uh with jim carrey i've not seen it i don't think it's particularly good so yeah um I I I have I think the concept is cool. I really like Paul Bettany. Uh, I think Robin Wright is great. Um, so yeah, Asteroid City will be Al's most liked, and I'm going out on a limb. I I also think A Man Called Lotto could be my most liked. I I think I, I yeah, I've seen that. My when you ever. I think I might be a sucker for A Man Called Lotto. Um, the Jamie's most liked would you like to make any uh the idea of oh I, d- I don't think the idea of you will make the most money i think asteroid city will make the most money um no. they don't make that much I, I, those movies make a that, solid 40 to 50 like maybe maybe cost? grand budapest hotel makes like well like 120 200 worldwide like nah man i i genuinely think like i have a feeling if it's not absolute trash that the look of you one makes 60, 70 domestic in the US makes another 50 worldwide, 150 million. Grand Budapest made 170 million worldwide. Yes, um, but that's whereas, okay, French Dispatch doesn't count, but like um, Isle of Dogs made. Yeah, yeah, no, no absolutely. It, the, the Grand Budapest is the exception, not the rule. Um, but I just I just think with that cast, the, and Wes Anderson has that clout um, at this point. And while, but animated movies just don't, especially like artsy animated movies, like what Wes Anderson makes, like they don't make as much money. Um, but I think with the with the cast backing it, there, like that's just insane. The the people in that. Um, I'll be interested to see. I mean, I think um, it, it's a similar thing with Oppenheimer. Obviously, no one is a different uh, style of director, but again has just an insanely deep cast that i think people just people get out to see people you well know, you want so, so i agree but like so i think my thing is like uh nolan is a big enough name and uh his movies are primarily marketed to dudes who traditionally go to the cinemas if you think of for instance dunkirk dunkirk ended up making a quarter of a billion worldwide so it's yeah, I mean even te- even Tenet made like three hundred million and Tenet during wasn't COVID big. during you know like yeah. it you know obviously cost a lot of money but like they did still it did fine like I mean it, it did fine considering it came out literally in the middle of COVID and he was like it's going out in cinemas now. Um, um, do you wish to make any more uh, predictions about any of these movies? Uh, yeah, I have a feeling some of them are going to get pushed to the next year. Um, I have a. I don't think any of Tom Hanks as well. No, I think, I think those are coming those, out. I think all th- Especially yeah, if Asteroid City is like in production. It's been a while since um, the other one. I have a feeling he's going to be in approximately five minutes of um, Asteroid City. Oh, interesting. Uh, Tom Hanks will be in. Well, to be fair, with that many fucking people in it, everyone's only going to be in it for five fucking minutes. Um, I think it, it, he might be only in five minutes of here like the whole idea is it's set in one like it might again yeah. be but he's got he's got to have something bit come on tom get back what win a fucking oscar i'm so angry that tom hanks hasn't won an oscar in so long he fucking deserves it i love tom hanks um i did look I, 
it's interesting with Anne Hathaway. We've obviously focused a lot on Tom Hanks because uh, a man called Otto is right coming up, and Asteroid City is probably the the sort of biggest movie of any of these. Um, it's really difficult to tell. Anne Hathaway could have an incredible year or an absolutely fucking terrible one. Like, like that. All of these movies really could swing either way. Like. These could all be like sleeper hits, great movies. Her and Jessica Chastain have like great uh, chemistry and people get out to see Peter Dinklage because Peter Dinklage has a decent pull and like that's a great movie. And then the idea of you just goes fucking gangbusters because it's this weird concept and it's based on Harry Styles. Or they could all fucking flop. They could all suck. I I think most of the, I think politely none of these movies will make over $200 million. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, can we do, do we have to measure everything by two hundred? That's a lot of money to make. No, no, sure, sure, but like, it's it. For instance, but like, I'm talking about like. So no, you're you're hundred percent correct. Like a movie, even like everything, everyone at once. Movie I loved. I think only made about three hundred, less than four. Um, which is still which is great because the budget was relatively low, and I think I think on all of these, the budget is going to be under. 50, 60 million for every single one of these Yeah, films. none of these seem like big no. budget movies. I think Maybe. Anne Hathaway wants... Maybe. I think, importantly, I think she wants to be in good movies. I think that's why... I think that's the kind of why she's in Armageddon City. I think was to... Okay, I've been in a run of less good things. So I think of these, I think the first two are more likely to be uh, quote-unquote good movies. Um, I think the first one is the one I think which will be critically the most well-received. Uh, so that's the Eileen one. I think it's going to be the yep. most critically well-received. Could could go either way. I think Mother's Instinct, it really depends. If it's your debut, uh, I, I, I debut's a, or a toss-up. I have no idea, really. Um, she came he, to me... He seems, he seems to be a very very well-respected uh, cinematographer, so maybe... Sure, but like... Good. I, it's one of those things that I often don't think translates necessarily to... Um, yeah. Uh, as a skill set um, just think of Wally Fister and um, Transcendence uh, and then she came to me I think I have no idea like the... I, I, like I I don't want to be too harsh on Marissa Tomei but I I don't know if I back Marissa Tomei as a leading woman in a movie like I mean she she has in the past it not I I think it, I have no idea with that film, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I look forward to it. I'm, I'm, I like Marissa Tomei. I'm trying to think what, where, when has she led a movie um, and been like really? I is she was she, a female lead in My Cousin uh, Vinny, which was a while ago. My Cousin Vinny from 1992. That's a very long time ago. Um, she's I guess she's the the, the co lead in The Wrestler with yeah. Mickey Rourke. But she's not really the lead. I, I, I'm not. I'm not shitting on Marissa Tomei. I think Marissa Tomei's uh, a lovely actress, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know how much star power she has, yeah. unless the star power is going to come from Anne Hathaway and Peter Dinklage. Fair enough. That makes sense. Well, there's a lot to look forward to uh, in the yes. next year. So we will see who plays out correctly. I, of course, uh, handily uh, won Life Today by uh, not paying $80 for a video game. And uh, also, also very importantly, uh, for you know picking all three Toy Story films. Uh, great. <laughs> uh, what kind of idiot wouldn't put one Toy Story movie on that list? <laughs> 
What kind of idiot? Yeah, this probably the same kind of idiot that put the Vinci code you on there. Stole Sleepless in Seattle from me. You don't even like it. Um, I, I, that's true. I don't particularly like it. But I'm, but I, I took my, I took my feelings out of it, and I went for trying to best represent Tom Hanks's career. And I think Captain Phillips Bridge. I think again, Captain Phillips Bridge spies. They're kind of similar, but I still think they're both brilliant movies. And then you got a little bit of rom com in there with Sleepers in Seattle. You got Tom Hanks is the biggest movie star of all time in the 1990s with Castaway, and you've got Tom Hanks like kind of flops for a few years in 2004 with The Da Vinci Code. I think I've, I think I've represented Tom Hanks's career in everything except for his biggest fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, right. Uh, so yes, that is our four. Our lovely Christmas episode. It was so Christmassy for so long. Um, oh, 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 sorry. My pitch for next year, uh, Jamie. We're oh, missing yeah, out you, the other yeah. Christmas movie in Tom Hanks' filmography, which of course is Catch Me If You Can, uh, a movie in which Christmas appears multiple times. Uh, and a recurring plot point is that uh, uh, it's about people being alone on Christmas. Uh, yeah, yeah. I I think next year we gotta go for a rewatch. You want, Catch you me if just, you can. We just rewatch Catch Me If You Can. I mean, I'm happy to rewatch Catch Me If You Can. It's, it's Christmas a very Eve. good movie. Sure, sure. That's absolutely fine with me. I'm fine to review something good at Christmas for once, rather we'll, than having to. We'll figure out a way to put trains in it somehow. Shitty. We're not sure. <laughs> Listen out. There's gonna be trains on there. We're taking the Polar Express to uh, Catch Me If You're gonna catch the Polar Express if we can. So you catch us in a year's time for catch me if you can in the meantime you can catch us probably in early january for both eileen and a man called otto some exciting movies coming up for both Anne hathaway and tom hanks so get out and support them in the cinema because supporting cinema is good and useful anyway trying to support a local independent cinema especially because they're probably struggling quite a lot these days um and also it's a delightful experience i went to guys, watch guys. uh Mat- yeah I, I i went to watch matilda at a local not quite independent, but smallish um, cinema uh, recently. And there was a six-year-old girl in the back singing along with Matilda yeah. the whole time. And it was the first time I've realized I might be getting old because I loved it instead of hated it. I, yeah. feel like, I feel like there was a time in my life where I would have absolutely hated a child singing at the back. But my goodness, my heart melted. No. And it was delightful. 100%. 100%. Look, here's the thing, guys. Uh, streaming services are lying to you and you can't forever make giant movies uh, with just paying 10 bucks a month so either they're going to start ridiculously jacking up prices uh or you got to go and watch movies in the movie theater so if you enjoy a movie obviously if you can't afford it streaming's great if you can't afford that pirating you know you do you absolutely fair enough but uh if you can afford to it go see the movies you want to go see in theater no better way to see it uh gotta love it uh that's our christmas gift uh to you guys is being patronized uh <laughs> anyway uh of course you can go out you can listen to the podcast uh, you can get people to listen to the podcast you can proselytize to all the people of the world and tell them they should download as many of the episodes of the podcast as they possibly can and from me jamie and my co-host al that's one more ep in the bank choo choo motherfuckers it's christmas blank spank 